Yeah, hey, good morning. This is uh, Vicky, Gypsy Clipper. And it's 7-18 on Wednesday, April 18th. And uh, good morning. I'm still laying in bed. <laughs> it's apparently, it's, uh, Chris is trying to sleep. She didn't sleep. I mean, I obviously, I didn't sleep. I was up all night long, like I do. But um, I can see when Chris is up because her lights are on. And so... We text back and forth, and so, like, at 3 o'clock, she definitely wasn't up. Well, she was up, but uh, she didn't want to be up, so uh, she um, texted me and um, told me that she was not going to work until 9, and uh, she's the boss. Uh, she has an employee, and uh, like all employees at... Uh, Taylorville Correctional Center, they all quit. Um, this one is a friend of hers, but um, he's definitely not pulling his weight. They don't. I mean, none of them do. I mean, it's 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 human nature. It's just what happens. It's a, it's a shitty job. You're working in the basement. You know, you're you're cooking and you're just waiting on them to serve the jail. You know, they have to. You know, you cook and then you wait on your shit to cook and then you serve on your plates and they send it all up through a dumb waiter. Um, to the guards, and the guards take them and distribute them to the inmates. And then um, when they're done eating, the guards um, take the trays and they put them back on the carts and they send them down to the uh, kitchen, <laughs> the dungeon. It really is. It's just way down there. It's And it's just small and um, just... Oh my God! It's, and 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 you know what's so bad? This is this is what happens though. Is is um they don't check the trays bringing them back down, and so these assholes, these um uh, inmates, um they send her nasty notes like on like. Uh, they they have to pay for paper, you know. What I mean, which is the craziest thing, you know. What I mean, you have to pay for a sheet of paper, so they're taking their paper and they're using it to write nasty notes to the cook, which just kills me. It's obviously you have nobody to pester out in the real world. So, and she takes it to heart, you know. And well, she did. I'm probably not now. She probably spits in their food, which is what I would do. I mean, and because it's just. Oh, my gosh, she works so hard. You guys, I mean, I see her at the end of the day, and, I mean, she's exhausted. She's 63 years old, and um, she's doing – I, I couldn't do the job. Um, and, and people she hires, she hires people to come in and, and do – she works from – oh, my gosh, she works, she goes in at 8 o'clock in the morning, and then she doesn't get home until 6 o'clock at night, and uh, – that's that's at sixty three years old, um, and um, she has fibromyalgia and she has uh, diabetes and uh, oh my god! I mean, she's just a hard worker. But to these ungrateful bastards, they send her these nasty notes. But um, yeah, I was listening to. Uh, uh, well, I, I'm not getting up. I'm not starting my morning yet. So, but I but I thought I, I don't, I'm not starting to listen to podcasts yet. But I was putting a podcast up there. Um, before I forget, but, uh, I, uh, had a question, oh my god, holy shit, I had a question about Calvin, and, uh, <laughs> what kind of dog Calvin was, it's funny, I've, I, 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 I'm sure I've said it, but he's a mutt, <laughs> And and I stole Calvin. It's it's really funny because we have a neighbor here. 
his name is Mark Perry, and and he's he's been my neighbor since 1984, which is so funny. And um, I lived like three miles away with my parents, you know. And uh, he's been a bachelor for I don't know anything about his personal life. I mean, I know him. I mean, I know him. You know, I mean, I, I know him pretty well. I mean, he, you know, he'll stop by here, and I'll be sitting outside, and you know, enjoying the day, and he'll stop by for a beer, or bring me a beer or something, you know, and hang out. Sometimes he brings me like. Um, Oh, he, he goes catfishing, you know, he goes get catfish, and he brings me fish, and things like that. I mean, he's a great guy. I mean, and um, just not not my type by any stretch. Um, but uh, he was the guy that, well, here, um, if there's a bounty on coyotes, and you could trap, hunt, strangle, I don't care, hit them, whatever, there there was, there is no law, or there was, I don't know now, um, how you killed them, but, um, you got paid, and I think it was five bucks or twenty-five bucks or some shit like that, I don't know, um, so he always was driving around, um, and I think he worked for, like, Firestone or something, I don't know, and I think, I think he broke his back, he's on disability or something, I don't know, but, Maybe he worked for the mine. I don't know. I don't know anything about his history. I say that. And I don't even know where I was going with that fucking story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys do that to me. Sorry. Uh, Calvin. Um, uh, I had a friend living here. <laughs> I had a girlfriend living here. Um, with uh, me and my ex-husband. God, I have some stories. But, um, yeah. Um, she, and she had uh, a couple horses. And... Um, she um kept him down at Mark's um and let them graze. He let him graze down there. Um he has a fenced in pasture. And, and it was so funny cuz Mark oh my god, there's so many stories about Mark. Um I, I, I Colin if you're interested in Mark Perry stories, call me. I could tell you all kinds of stories cuz he's he's a podcaster in his in himself. But um Calvin uh, was, we went down there to, um, water the horses, check on the horses. And, uh, there was this cute little puppy. And Mark had some, um, issues with, with sometimes Mark, um, would lose dogs to coyotes and things like that. Well, and, and Mark, in my opinion, in Chris's opinion, wasn't the most responsible dog owner. So we took the puppy and, um, I know. I look. I think about it now. It's so funny. But uh, so we took the puppy, and I was going to a horse clinic. Um, I was putting on a clinic um, for. Did I tell you I had a horse? Yeah, I had a horse. I here I had a horse. Um, but I was putting on a clinic um, to train my horse. I had a professional come from Texas, and uh, we put on a clinic. And so there was going to be a bunch of horse people and so we brought this adorable puppy and uh, thinking that somebody would take this puppy and nobody took nobody took Calvin so I was stuck with Calvin well then I felt bad because Calvin had a little sister and her name was Mandy and so we went and got Mandy and um Mandy, Mandy and Calvin were so different. It was so funny because um Calvin was all black and he looked like a he looked like a like a little Look like a little Shih Tzu puppy, you know, so I thought he was going to be little, you know, so I was like, oh, cool. So then, then Mandy, I mean, then their brother and sister came from the same, same litter, um, and she was black and white and wiry, like she had like, like a little, like a little terrier. She, she looked like kind of like a Jack Russell terrier and well, she looked kind of like a Megan, you know, like a Karen terrier, but black and white. 
And they were so good. Oh, my God, they were such good dogs. And uh, But Calvin was special from the beginning. And uh, But uh, uh, Calvin's like 30 pounds, I guess. Um, and, like, during the winter, I let Calvin grow long, which is just what people do. As, as a dog groomer, it kills you. Winters kill you um, financially because nobody grooms their dogs. They think they all need to have long hair. And it's not, I mean, in, in a bus, Calvin needed long hair. It's not like uh, not like everybody else's dogs live in a bus that gets down to 18 fucking degrees um, for five days straight or whatever the fuck it was. It's cold. Oh my god, it was brutal. And you know, and it's funny because I watched, I read somebody's um, Instagram, and uh, they left Colorado now, right now, because uh, it got down to the teens. I left Colorado this time last year. Actually, I left Colorado March 29th. March, yeah, March 29th. March 29th. Yeah, March 29th. Um, because they got two feet of fucking snow. I'm not staying anywhere that snows two feet in March. Not doing it, but it's just not my thing. Um, except I think it snowed a couple inches here, like what a week ago, a couple days ago. So you know, if I wasn't in a bus, I'd probably move. But no, I won't now because I'm. I mean, I, I will. I, I, you know, I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do. Why do I say that? But uh, yeah, there you go, you guys. Uh, good morning. Before I start rambling longer, but um, have a good one. Yeah, hey, this is Vicky, Gypsy Clipper, and good morning. Um, I am kind of getting motivated. It's still out of bed, but I did take out my earplug and uh, so I could start listening to you guys. But um, I um, had a question. Uh, well, a lot of I wanted to be musical. I and I and I'm not musical. Well, I'm, I I was musical. I played the clarinet for four years, and I also <laughs> I also took Latin for four years. And the only words I know are swear words. That's so funny. But I I can speak Spanish, um, it, actually pretty well. But um, oh, shit, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so when I got my bus, I wanted to play an instrument. And um, I don't know if any of you have seen it, but uh, Edward Sharp and the Magnificent Zeros um, does an interview of with the Seattle radio station, Seattle Public 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 Radio um, Station, and it's on YouTube. It's very cool. You have to watch it. But they have, I think they have 17 members of their band, and they were all in the recording studio um, for this for this interview. And every one of them has a different instrument. It's the coolest thing. And uh, they're from Ojai, California, so obviously they're all hippies. But uh, one of them's playing a, uh, oh, my God, one of them's playing a tambourine, and one of them is sitting on a box and it just kind of hitting it with his hands and well that's an instrument i was like fuck i could do that and and then there's another instrument it's a it's a like a mouth piano i don't know what that is i need to call I need to call ron there you go but um uh i wanted to learn the cajon that's that's my that's my dream <laughs> i'm gonna buy me a cajon actually what i want to do is make a cajon because i've got tools and i've got talent so eh, who knows we'll see yeah, hey, this is Vicky, Gypsy Clipper, and um, I was just listening to Patrick at We Live on a Planet, and uh, he had the random fact about um, the baby's uh, blue eyes, and it reminded me of a story. Um, when uh, we were driving a truck, we didn't have um, health insurance when we first started driving, 
Um, with, we didn't stay at any of the companies long enough. And then when we finally got on with Emerson Electric, um, we uh, uh, <clears throat> had very good health insurance. And um, Terry wore glasses. No, no, he didn't. He had he had good good vision. He never had any eye problems. And <clears throat> he started noticing a, like a fuzzy spot in his vision, and it was just like a, a floater, just just something little. <clears throat> so he went to his family doctor, and who he'd been going to for years. We in little town, you know, in Illinois, and um, we're going for years. And and the doctor said this was not his his you know realm of expertise. Um, so he, we went to um, a local eye doctor, and uh, he said he didn't know what it was, and he and he gave him a couple of options what it was, and and. Um, so neither of them, you know, sounded bad. It was no, no big deal. But my dad worked for um, one of the universities in Illinois, in Illinois here, um, Southern Illinois University. And um, he um, got my uh, ex-husband uh, an appointment with a specialist. And um, the guy was just a dick. Um, but um, I, I sat, you know, in the, in the examining room and the things they do to your eye, um, it, they, it was so amazing because they put, um, that, um, jelly, you know, some kind of like numbing jelly in your eye. And then they have like kind of an ultrasound, like a little ultrasound stick and they kind of run it, lay it on the eyeball and they can kind of see inside your eyeball. And it ended up that my husband had a, a tumor in his eye. He had a melanoma in his eye. And um, we said, we had just got our new place. And we had just started for Emerson. We'd only been there six months, you know, and long enough to get our insurance. So it might not have been six months. It might have been less than that. But um, uh, so we said, you know, how long can we wait on this? Um, we'd like to go back to work. And the guy was offended. You know, he's like, I'm trying to save your life. And you're talking about going back to work. We had no concept that this was, this could be fatal. And um, and it was, it was a melanoma. Um, and apparently um, getting, apparently getting it in your eye, I'd never heard of that before, but apparently it's not unusual. They had said that um, a lot of people in nursing homes, um, that's one of the things that they, um, are, are dealing with is it's not glaucoma it's it's you know a tumor i mean it's why they're losing their sight in their eyes and um don't you chew them up um i guess it doesn't matter she got my shoes um but uh oh crap what was i talking about um oh 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 oh, oh yeah the tumor and um so uh, we went to um barnes hospital down in St. Louis and uh, got an excellent surgeon and um, they had run all kinds of tests and I watched these things and they were just oh my god and they didn't hurt none of it hurt you know because I mean? they they numb your eye so everything they do it and so he had specialist after specialist come in and take a look at his eye and what made it so unusual is he was so young I mean because he was in his early 30s at that point he was probably 33 I guess at that point yeah probably 33 I could do the math, but, well, all right, now you're going to make me. 55. I was born in 55. So 55, 65, 75, 85. So 30, 31. Yeah, he's 31. Um, and, uh, ouch, stop biting my feet. Stop it. Stop. Megan, quit it. Sorry. Um, she's biting my feet. That's why I usually wear shoes. <laughs> she does that shit. Um, but, um. 
What am I talking about? Oh, yeah. And, sorry I do that. Well, obviously, you know, <laughs> you know I am. Um, but, uh, they ran all these tests, and they give you a couple options. One, just leave it. Don't do anything. And, um, eventually it'll metastasize and you'll die of something else. I don't know. Or it could metastasize. Well, I guess that's what happened. There's the story. That's what I was telling you. Um, is apparently it's it's quite common in the elderly. And, and they normally don't do anything with it um, because uh, it's a slow-moving tumor. A slow-spreading, you know. And um, his, they so they ran all the tests. And um, it hadn't metastasized. It hadn't moved anywhere. And apparently it was so tiny. It was like the side, the, the head of a pin, you know, that tiny. But luckily, it, and, and in the in the pictures, the ultrasound pictures, um, they showed it. And it looked like a mountain in your eye. And it looked like it was just, looked like it was so tall in your eye. And, and it was on, the, would have been on the top of in the back of his on in the back of his eye on his retina I guess and um so they so they but but because the vision is turned over you know you because it's a mirror image in your eyeball um it uh uh, was on the bottom of his vision and it was growing up thank god it was growing up instead of growing wide because he never would have seen it until it metastasized and they found it someplace else um so um the choices they give you is to leave it or to, uh, they sew little lead plates on your eyeball and, and they, um, shoot it with radiation to, and to shrink the size of the tumor. And, and that, oh. did, Calvin, oh, Jesus Christ, sorry. He's scratching his face on, um, the, uh, he just spilled his entire bucket of water all over the floor. Can't imagine why I don't have it. such a pain. Alright, I know. I can see my face is itchy. Yeah, he was scratching his face on uh, on Megan's box and pushed it over, pushed the door open, and it knocked um, Megan's water, knocked the water bowl over, and I just filled it this morning. So, um,. There goes water all down the floor. But I had a towel hanging right over. I have the stainless steel bars that run down the whole inside of the bus. So uh, I just grabbed the towel and threw down there. So it's like, okay. Um, so, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. They were talking about the eye, the tumor. And um, so they, you know, either sew a lead, um, you know, like a little lead apron over your eye. And then they radiate the tumor. And... Uh, hopefully shrink it and uh but uh, the other option is just remove the eyeball and the, the doctor recommended that but it, for driving a truck that's tragic i mean you can't drive a truck for just one eye and, uh, and granted that no this was in 1991 so i'll tell you um we uh, chose to uh, remove the eye and um so it, we took time off um, to do. So this was in July, I believe. I don't know, somewhere around there. So we took time off to get his eye removed, and a, a, a plastic surgeon does it. But his doctor was a plastic surgeon, also. Um, so he, they, um, and you, they give you an option. Now here's the cool thing: they give you an option um, whether you'd like to be awake or asleep. And um, 
he chose to sleep, which is what I would have done. I would have, and that's that's overnight surgery. You're in the hospital. They bring you in the hospital the night before, and uh, and that was the first night we ever slept apart uh, since we met or since we started driving together. We slept apart, you know, since we since we we met uh, or since we started driving together. Yeah, since we started driving together. And um, I stayed at the Best Western, and they had bed books, which was a different story. But um, so yeah, they they you're in overnight, and and they you they take you in surgery at seven o'clock in the morning, and they send you home that day. And the only thing they give you for or they don't even give you anything for pain pills. They um <laughs> they uh, uh, tell you if you have pain, take Tylenol. And I have to tell you, I was I'm totally honest with you here. You know. Uh, transparency they call it i told the doctor i was like there isn't kind of any kind of after surgery maintenance or care is there because i can't do this and they're like no 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 it's 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 nothing you know you hear and 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 they gave him a couple of things to send him but and i don't want to get into all the details unless somebody thinks it's interesting but uh i you know i i guess i will get into all the details and if you think it's interesting you can continue to listen because it's not like I have anything else I'm doing. Because I'm just drinking my tea. Well, you know, that's what I should be doing. I should be drinking my tea and not telling you this story. Well, if anybody wants to hear the story about um, my ex-husband's eyeball, um, give me a holler. Yeah, hey, this is Vicky, Gypsy Clipper. And, um, oh my god, it's 12 o'clock on Wednesday, April 18th. And I have, uh, just had a nice day. Um... I listened to my podcast this morning. I put a couple things down, and uh, I have just been enjoying a nice, clean bus. Uh, it's cold outside again. Um, I mean, not super cold, just windy. And uh, I got uh, my tent, you know, fastened down yesterday, and you know, some some repairs done. And uh, not knowing what today's weather was, and uh, it's a good thing because I mean, I. I guess I should look it up, but it's freaking windy, um, and I can hear it, uh, outside, but I'm not going out, <laughs> I've got the windows, I've got the, um, I've got a curtain that goes across the front, uh, blocks the windows, um, if, um, but I don't usually close it during the day, because the light is just spectacular coming in through the windshield, um, because like I said, the rest of the bus is closed up. Oh my gosh, uh, Chris is coming home early. She said she's bringing home dinner, which is really nice because I, I, uh, asked her to bring home, um, fixings for pizza. I was gonna make us pizza. And, um, she's, she gives me such shit, you know, that I, I make everything, you know, I mean, I make mayonnaise and I'm, I make all, I just make all the shit that we eat. Well, that I eat. She doesn't eat any of the shit that I eat. Um, but she does, but she does like it, the bread. And I, um, I don't know if any of you were, uh, listening. I had a dehydratathon and I still have my dehydrator running. I bought it new. This is, this is my first spring, um, in the bus. And it's weird because I had, um, planned on being on the road June 1st and, and, and but it, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to do anything like what I normally would do in the spring. It's, it's so cool because, um, this is the first, this is the first spring that I've been here ever, um, that I didn't feel like I had to get a garden in the ground. You know, I didn't feel like I had to get all the plants started and, and, and we'd have goats milking and, and yeah, I think the farmer's market starts May 12th. This is the first time I've ever been here that I just get to, uh, 
put everything in the ground like a normal person. And, and it, I'm not even doing it for me. Um, it's 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 kind of like because I don't. I mean, I know I have a, an outdate, but you know it doesn't always go that way. So I don't want to be sitting here in June. And, you know, thinking I should have put in a garden. So I've got my window boxes and I'm just pulling out all my plants and I'm, I'm, I'm going to do everything in containers, you know, I mean, so, so if I do have to, you know, just pack up and go, or if I, I, I am ready to go, in, you know, the first of June, I've got my plants to take with me. And it doesn't mean that I'm, I, I don't have roots. I have roots in this bus. And um, I, the point of buying my bus was I, I wanted a mobile greenhouse, but I, I didn't want it to be like a greenhouse. Uh, I didn't want it to be like a greenhouse. I I wanted it to be a house with that I could grow plants in. So I've got um, LED lights um, that are... LED you can run on my inverter um, and uh, so I, I'm just going to keep doing what I normally did not you know when I farmed but I'm just doing it like I'm living on a bus and just you know as a mobile homesteading and, and I meant that and uh, it was just kind of funny because cause I um, got caught up yesterday doing all these chores and then this morning I got up and I'm like you got everything done, and I do. I got I got all my spring cleaning done. I I've got all my dehydrating done. I've got my starts going, and it's like and it's I don't I'm not under the gun. I was panicking this morning trying to think what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And I'm like, you don't do anything. I mean, you just do what needs to be done, and then anything over and above. It's like being retired but not being retired. You know, what I mean, it's because I'm not old. You know, so so it's uh, but it's not feeling like I have to scramble for money, and which is so nice. Holy shit! This is the first year that. Well, I mean, because last year I I just socked away everything. I mean, I this is so weird. I'm um I'm gonna look back on this. And that's that's what I want you guys to understand. I'm not putting a podcast out for out to sell you anything or to convince you of anything. This the podcast is for me. Um, Paul uh, Mahoney, oh Mahoney, Paul O'Mahoney. Um, he um, touched me with this um, episode. He'd been smart enough um, when his daughter was younger, and I don't, I don't know how old he is, and I don't know how old his daughter is, because I, start, I listened to his podcast, and it was him reading a story to his daughter, and she was little. I don't, I don't even know how old she was, but I think it was back in 1990, I think, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember. I, I'd have to re-listen to it, but, but it takes away the fantasy. Um, so... But it, but it was it was so impressive because I have so much of my past is on the internet, and 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 so many times I have deleted everything, um, you know, because you know somebody said, oh, they're getting all your information, all this shit and everything. Exactly what's going on right now, <laughs> you know, about about privacy and whatever. And I thought, I got news for people: your shit is out there. You can't keep it off the internet. I mean, even I there are, I have stories. I mean. But uh, this is this podcast for me. I I and uh, this morning I got caught up <laughs> listening to other people's podcasts and it kind of um, uh, took me off my path, I guess. And, and uh, 
diverted my path, and then I, but, but in, instead of panicking, which is what I would have used to done, I just, uh, oh my gosh, I just laid down and um, just started over, and um, I, I got caught up. I listened to something somebody else said about, um, oh, people prefer short podcasts. Well, the problem with a short podcast for me is I can't remember what I talked about before, so I can't come back and continue it. So I'd like to finish a a thought. And and I know my thoughts are meandering and whatever, but they're my thoughts. This is is my page, you know. I mean, I had this um, conversation with somebody on Instagram. He said something on my page it was kind of derogatory and 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 it was right when i first started i started my instagram page in august at the end of august i guess or mid-august or some shit i don't know that's <laughs> funny but uh he uh said something and it was just a comment and i said something to him about i don't i don't want that on my page and he's like well then unfollow me and i'm like I'm like, you're on my page, you know? And um, I said, I liked what you had to say. I just don't want to hear the negativity on my page. And um, I, I said, I'd, I'd really prefer that I not unfollow you unless you want me to unfollow you. And um, he he didn't. He, he, he And then we got past it. But what's really funny is um, now I've got 743 people on my page. And I don't see everybody. Um, Instagram, uh, they can, you know, I think they call it curated content or something. But they only show you who you interact with. And I and I did the turn on post notifications and some shit. But the problem is, is it's disruptive. You know, I mean, I I, I chose, you know, the people that I follow because it's Instagram used to be follow for, or it used to be follow for follow, and um, I don't follow everybody because i i don't if i if i get on your page if you follow me and i get on your page the only thing on it is pictures of you you know like selfies and whatever i'm not interested i i don't care if that's all you've got um to share with the world then i mean that's fine but i don't care and um (laughs) it just gave me a funny thought but um paul oh Mally, I gotta look that up. Sorry, I'll, I'll forget anyway. It doesn't matter. But he had a, uh, I guess he's on another podcasting venue and there's somebody that he knows on there that's not on Anchor. And, um, it was, uh, the title of his, today's podcast was Bus Farts or something. <laughs> I didn't know what a bus fart was. <laughs> and I and I I I've never been on a city bus, a big city bus, and uh, Lolita doesn't do that. <laughs> she's dainty, and I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, she's a big girl, but uh, she doesn't she doesn't fart in public. But <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was funny. I I thought there's there's the you know now the one thing that she does do is because she's got air brakes. Um, and in air ride, she so she has a whole air compressor system, and uh, there's a pop off valve. So whenever um, she gets enough pressure, builds up in her air tanks, you know, it'll pop off air, and um, <laughs> and it's it, it's like a it's a it's a scary sound to a dog. I'll tell you that it's not scary to a person, but uh, it's it's funny because there's a like um, a kickoff switch. 
And like, if I, you know, I, it's one of those things, you know, you, you know what the part is, but you don't know what it's called. So, you, you know, when it's out. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, hey, this is Vicky, Gypsy Clipper, and I have 10% battery left, and I'm too lazy to get up out of bed. Actually, and it, I bed up, you know, I mean, I bed up, drank my tea, and a couple cups of tea. Did not actually made myself French toast for breakfast. Fed the dogs, recorded a couple of podcasts about, I can't remember what, um, yeah, whatever. But one of the things, I, I did get a call, um, somebody, um, oh, um, oh crap, see, I'm sorry. I, it, it, it's somebody I listened to, um, that was on, uh, We Live on a Planet today was a call in on, and, uh, he, uh, Legacy LLC, Diesel, Diesel's Productions, maybe, um, yeah, yeah, but, uh, he, um, lost his wife to melanoma, and I felt horrible, and then apparently he's dealing with a little bit on now, and, and I, that's, that, I guess that's what happens when you open up, you, it touches other people, and, and you, sometimes it, it's, it's good, sometimes it's not so good, but I, I gotta finish the story, because I, I, I want to get it out there, because if I forget this, it's, it's gonna be just such a shame, because I have nobody that'll, you know, tell me the story, but, um, he had his eye removed, and, uh, like I said, his overnight surgery, and the, the surgeon was wonderful, absolutely wonderful, such a nice guy, and, um, if you've dealt with any kind of cancer, um, uh, the follow-up is is the difficult part, um, and it's life-altering. It's it's once once you have cancer in your life, it's it, it's it's uh, there forever. A cold is never the same. Nothing's the same. It's if you have anyone in your life that has dealt with cancer, you have to understand that uh, they deal with things that you and I will never understand. Um, but uh, the uh, the way it works for your eye is very it's very impressive, and I don't know if it's the same way every everywhere, but and it's been long enough ago, because like I said, this was 1991, so whatever now is. You're going to make me do math again. You know, you guys can figure it out, but it's a long time ago. And uh, they give you, uh, what they do is they have a piece of coral, a ra- little round piece of coral the size of your eyeball. And um, they take a donor's um, sclera, the white part, um, and they sew it around that little piece of coral it's like a little baseball and uh you have like i think it's six um uh muscles in your eye to make it move and they attach those muscles to the um that little to to that little coral ball via the sclera you know and and i can't imagine sewing something that tiny but i guess that's what you do (laughs) i've sewn curtains but i i couldn't do that but um, I guess the plastic surgeon, they know what they're doing. Well, and he obviously knew what he was doing. But, uh, then when they send you home, they send you home with, like, um, so you've got this replacement eye in there. And what happens is, um, all of your blood vessels and everything grow into that. Um, uh, so it becomes part of your body. Um, and so... It moves just like your natural eye would. You know, you you look up, you look down. You you just don't see out of it anymore. But but it's it's ugly. When I mean it, I mean it's it's not pretty white like a little baseball. I mean it it's 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 ugly. Um, but um, you they give you like this little um, white 
um, like it looks like a like a little it's it's a like a contact lens but it's bigger you know i mean it's and it you you in, it put it in your eyeball oh, oh it goes and it holds your eyelid out you know because because when your eye because this is smaller than your eyeball so and you don't want your eye to you know apparently your eyelid will sink into the eye socket so then you can tell that you have a fake eye and and so during the healing period you don't want the muscles to atrophy you want them to still behave normally because once all the swelling is down and once the it's grown in completely you go to a an artist i mean there's i believe it's called googleman and associates and it's 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 a this in St. Louis. She had the franchise, and she'd been doing this for like twenty-seven years or some shit. And uh, she hand paints your eyeball. It is it is the most amazing thing. It's not really hand painting your eyeball. What she does is because everybody's eye is different. And he had beautiful blue eyes, and um, they had like like brown flecks in them, like kind of gold brown flecks, and them um, and. Um, I, I'm not one of those people that, you know, stares into somebody's eyes. But when this happens, you do. <laughs> so I, I got, so I, and, and so this would have been his right eye. I guess, yeah. Right eye. I don't know. That tells you what an idiot I am. Right eye. Yeah, because it would have been, yeah, so looked opposite. So I'd have to, I don't know. No, I don't know. Oh, shit. Who knows? Um, yeah, who knows? Um, no oh, shit, what did I do? Oh, oh, okay. Okay, so, um, Googleman and Associates are Gagerman. I don't know, look it up. But, uh, it's a franchise, and it's been in business since the early 1900s, maybe late 1800s. It came over from Germany, and, and I don't know who even came up with this, but what she does is she, she she's in there, she's this wonderful woman. She's, she's in her probably 60s and she'd been doing this she bought the franchise she apparently was a technician in the business yeah no, she she must yeah okay and um so and and when um the original eye painter retired um she took over the business and so she was the only eye painter in i don't know the area that i do of but she you're sitting at the desk and she looks at your eye and she's an artist you know what i mean but i don't i think she's a trained artist i don't think she, it's i don't think it's natural i think after a while it becomes natural because that's what you do but um so she looks at his eye and, and checks it all out and you know and um this is so cool because and then she just opens up her desk drawer and she pulls out a palette just a just a look like a little plastic acrylic palette and it has like I don't know, whatever the, an artist's palette has, you know, and, you know, the paints are already on it, you know, I mean, just, just in, inside the desk door, and, um, then she pulls out like this, it's, it's a clear, well, I don't even think it's clear, I guess it's, I guess it's white, yeah, white, like your eye, yeah, that's exactly what it was, and it, and it was like a covering, it was plastic, it was hard, and it was thick, and, uh, so she paints an eyeball on it. She just paints the colored part of your eye. I don't know what that part's called. But, um, so she paints it. And then she goes, she gets done with it, you know. And this is why you're there. It, it takes a couple hours. Obviously, it's not, you don't just whip this out. And they probably do it totally different now. They probably do it with a computer and something weird and cameras and shit. But she probably had a dying job. I don't, I don't know. That was 1991. She's probably retired now. Probably worked out. But, um, 
so she goes back in the back room and you hear all this banging. I mean, serious banging, like bang. You know, like you're in a workshop, like you're in a woodshop. And uh, she comes out and she's got this beautiful product and and it's your eyeball and in and you hold it to the side and it's got such a clear layer of resin it looks so deep i mean it looked like an eyeball i mean you you could not have tell, told it was not an eyeball and and it just kind of goes over that little baseball that's in your eye and um so it it fits in there and then you can't even tell they don't have an eye it's not a glass eye you know because we i thought they just put a glass eye in your eye and what else is really cool about it is you go back to the surgeon and they um drill these little pegs into that thing so it fits on your eye and so it moves with your eye when that little when that little baseball moves that thing moves but we didn't have that done because the doctor said it's not really necessary because after a while that um baseball and the blood vessels and stuff grow to conform to that fake eye and so it'll move it won't have the full range of motion but the average person couldn't tell that you didn't have an eye and that goes to tell you know so so um and and that goes to the next story how we continue to drive for um how terry continued to drive for 91 2001 <laughs> For 17 years with no eye in, in his left eye and, and no one knew um, he still got his driver's license, he still passed um, DOT physicals this is where I tell you that uh, all the safety features that they put into place for you know sick drivers and whatever, but Terry I mean, I'm telling you, 3 million accident free miles, and that was even after they took the eye out, you know, I mean he, he just it, you just compensate. It was just it, so he lost his left eye. There you go. That, that's it. Because that would have been when you were driving. That would have been the eye that you used to look at the the mirror. You know. So that would have been the eye that. And he was so scared. He just was like, you know, what do we do now? Because we had just bought a house, and um, you know, we had didn't have a house payment prior to that. We had. Um, Oh, we had credit card debt and stuff like that, and then we bought a house payment, and he was he was all freaked out. So I I had an idea. We had, <laughs> I guess I could tell you this. Um, we had a we had a, a, a there's probably no statute of limitation on this, and I had such a great life. I have such a great life, um, and we have such good friends. Or we had such. He's still got great friends. They're not my friends anymore. But um, uh, after. Uh, he, he was lucky because um, here, here's how we got lucky. Be, and, and, uh, all right, that's the story. All right, here you go. Because um, we put the surgery off long enough for him to get his DOT physical, um, so he could pass and his driver's license renewed, so he could pass a DOT physical. And so, um, yeah, two years. They did it every two years. So we had a two-year. Um, hiatus where no one knew um and and so terry just we just continued to drive and uh for two years um there was no one knew except all of our friends and then uh when his uh physical was due um we have i we had a great friend that would go with us to uh the DOT physical, and he would take the physical in Terry's place. His name was Terry, too, and they were about the same age, and, and it was so funny because, uh, oh, it was, it was so funny. Um, 
because uh, we, we would go in and pretend we were husband and wife and uh, I would get my physical and he would get his physical and he'd sign Terry's name and it was so funny because it was well, the, the biggest fly in the ointment that we didn't realize it, that would come up is uh, he was colorblind and Terry wasn't colorblind. So the doctor asked about it, and uh, but it was it was so funny because our friend that took the test, his name was Terry, also like I said, um, he was colorblind, but his mom had taught him colors um, via a, a Polaroid um, VHS tape. You know how it has the primary colors on it or the colors of the rainbow. So he knew what variations of color were, so he could pass the the um, he could pass the. Uh, test for colorblindness and that was so cool he could that was this is amazing because he knew that it was we just did such good stories thank you yeah hey this is vicky gypsy clipper and um one of the things um i wanted to put on here and i did get out of bed i'm i'm sitting up if <laughs> that counts and i'm not an invalid i'm not unhealthy i'm just lazy i'm well it's not even lazy i just there's just nothing left to do today um I worked my butt off, you know, the last couple of days. I got my spring cleaning done and everything. But um, one of the big things um, that I have found since I moved into my van, um, you know, I gave up my house and moved into a van, I guess, two years ago now. Well, two and a half years ago now. Yeah, two and a half years ago. And, um, but I, I found a community of people that don't fit in, you know, anywhere else. And, um, I don't have any kids, um, and uh, I don't have any family, actually. Um, none that'll claim me. Um, all my family has, uh, either died or disowned me, so, um, I made some bad choices, drug-related and, uh, personal, you know, personal, personally related, and, and my family just said they were done, and they just walked off, and, and I, uh, that's not even why he was here, but, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, what the fuck was I gonna say, oh, yeah, 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 um, and so I don't have a legacy, and, and this is important to me, um, uh, the number of people that just get into their van or get into their car, um, either they've lost their home or they've lost their marriage or uh, some kind of change in their life forced them to make some kind of decision. And it was a midlife crisis or whatever, call it whatever you want. But they found themselves at a crossroad and that was the out that they took. And um, me having done the same thing and um, I offer as much advice as I can give you, you know, I mean, but you, every situation is different. When you get out there, you'll see what works for you and you'll, you'll just do it. I mean, because when you are alone in your vehicle without a, without a computer, without the internet, without other people, and I was six months without anyone in my life, no computer, no phone, no nothing. And so it was just me in a books. And so when I wasn't reading, I was thinking and, um, I thought you 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 find out what's really important to you, and and I had so many people in my life say, "But you've never been alone. You've never been alone." I'm like, I got freaking news for you. I've been alone, and I've been really alone. And um, 
So I know um, what's important to me, and I know what I'm capable. I, I know I'm capable of anything at this point. I mean, absolutely anything. There's nothing I can't deal with. There's a lot of things I won't deal with, but there's nothing I can't deal with. But um, I have a dream to buy. Ouch! Me scratch. She wants my shoes. I'm wearing my shoes, and she wants me to take off my shoes because she wants to chew on my shoes. Well, there, go ahead, me. You can chew on my shoes. She says, "Well, thank you very much." And she doesn't destroy them. She just chews them. I don't know what the deal's. She's like, and she's not teething. She's beyond that. She's got grown dog teeth. She just took my shoe. What do you take? Oh, she. Itch. I forgot to tell you. She eats the horse shit off the bottom of my shoes. I try to wash them, and I don't think there's anything on my shoe, because it, it, I haven't stepped outside, but she, apparently, <laughs> she, I'm not that good of shoe washer, I guess, but um, I have a dream to buy a piece of property um, large enough for people to come stay, and I, I mean, and I don't care, I mean, you, you know, I mean, the, I got two rules, you know, be nice and don't be a douchebag. You know, I mean, and that's it. You know, I mean, you know, the Ten Commandments, you know, I mean, that probably fits too. But, I mean, even that, I mean, you know, it's, it, I, I would like to build a community. I would like to build an intentional community, um, but without buildings. I mean, just buses. Buses, vans, tents, I don't give a shit. But finding some place that's okay with that, um, because you know is 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 difficult and and I'm not talking about making an eyesore I mean it, it's I, I plan for it to be beautiful I plan for if you want to just come sit there and do nothing knock your socks off if you want to come and plant a garden you know I'd like to have a community garden I'd like to have uh you know I'd like to make like a little town you know um micro um had a story on his uh, podcast um, about Sedona, uh, Arizona, and it's it's kind of what I have in mind, but for buses and vans, for nomads. I mean, for just people at a crossroad in their lives. And and I don't care if you have kids. I don't I don't care about your past. I mean, it, it doesn't matter once you get there. I mean, if you can you know deal with local laws, whatever it was that you did, if you you know I don't, you're a registered sex offender. If you can pass the local laws, you're more than welcome. You know, I mean, I I don't, you know, I'd, I'd prefer no murderers, but, you know, I mean, if you've done your time, you know, I mean, who am I to judge? I mean, I, I you know, I'm not like I'm not capable, you know, so. But, I I mean, I just, and, and I know that um, it, it won't be for everybody. I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's yeah, I, you either like me or you don't, because I mean, obviously, I I'm not like you know that many other people. So um, and and I and I do have a significant other, you know, that is well capable of taking care of um any um riffraff, you know, so um or any problems, and I also um am you know believe in the Second Amendment um and all that that uh, involves without going into any details and uh so but it's it's going to be a process i mean i've been working on it since uh, last year and and every time i come close to finding so I've, I've found 10 acres but you start putting buses on 10 acres it starts filling up kind of fast and i don't want us all to be you know like a neighborhood i want you to be able to you know park and if you don't feel like coming out that day you know i mean it's not going to bother anybody else, you know, that kind of deal. But uh, that's that's my goal. And, and I don't, I mean, it, anybody out there has some property 
they want a bunch of buses on, let me know. But, um, but seriously, uh, it's, it's, it, it, I, I, I'm on Instagram and, and I tossed out the idea and, and, and I, and I knew there would be good response. And, and I mean, and it's people that I've been following. It's people that have put their lives out there for us to see. And I mean, and, and obviously you only put out the best parts. I mean, we're not, I'm not a Pollyanna. I understand that people have issues. I understand that not everybody, um, is nice, but I do understand that lots of the reasons people aren't nice is because everyday stress of life. I mean, I listen to some of you guys on on Anchor that um, just are hurting. You know, I mean, I mean, have have got some some serious things, and 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 we all have those. But if you can take away the pressures of life, and and the number one pressure is money. I mean, it is it is in every situation. I mean, and number one. Uh, reason for backbiting bitches is money, you know, I mean, uh, it, 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 but, or just, yeah, money, I mean, it, it is, I mean, you, 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 you want things for your kids, so you're going to do whatever it takes, I'm speaking, you know, rhetorically, it's not me, I don't have kids, so it's, I don't do that shit, but, but I have been a victim of that kind of shit, I, um, before, I, I, I am somewhat of a misogynist, I, I, and I feel horrible saying that, but um, there are some women that have done some horrible things to me and some horrible things to um, people that I love. And um, in the name of, I have no idea why. Um, and they can justify it. And I know uh, other people have dealt with it. And, and, and I, I do know that people are going to come to me that have been those people in the past. But when you have decided that you can give up everything and move into your car, you know, you've kind of let that person go, you know, because you no longer are, you know, manipulating people to get your way because obviously you've run out of people to manipulate. Um, so you're, you've got your car. Um, and, and you know, and it is that you've got your car because if you're still in an apartment, um, still being able to pay rent, still somebody's putting a roof over your head, you're doing some heinous things to keep it. Yeah, but if you own your car, and you're pretty, you, you might not be legal in every aspect, but um, you're safe and you're not doing the stupid things you were to keep that roof over your head. Because once you've, once you've gotten down to a car, it's, oh, and, and I lived seven months amongst the homeless. I, you know, I was still in my car, but uh, they were living under the bridge right next to me. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I saw them every day, you know, so I, I do know that uh, once you've gotten to that place in your life, um, you're a different person and um, you're fully capable of uh, joining a community and being a better person. And if you can't, I mean, I, I you know, I, I know how to get rid of you. You know, it's like, um, it's just, it, 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 it just, this, that's just one of my goals, but that's, that's, that's my big one.